The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Got to get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay, and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill, presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So, stay with us and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today, Signs of the Soul, Part 2. And before we explore this topic, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bailey, founder of the Lucis Trust. Alice Bailey wrote 24 volumes of literature, and those 24 volumes of literature are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear in the, uh, on this show. The following thought is also from the works of Alice Bailey. There is no light or dark to the soul, only existence and love. There is no separation, but only identification with the heart of all love. The more you love, the more love can reach out through you to others. The chains of love unite the world. We talked last time about love as a quality of the soul. Can you say more about that? Yes. Um, it reminds me that familiar saying that God is love. And... Uh, the soul is also love. The essence of the soul is love. In fact, the Ageless Wisdom says that this whole second-ray solar system that we live in is governed by love. It may not seem like it on the outer level when we look at the world and all the conflict and the wars and all the bitter acts of human beings against each other and against the environment, but behind it all is the radiant love of the soul. The trouble is, in understanding love, we have years and years of conditioning by, well, most recently, Hollywood, and the whole kind of ridiculous idea of romantic love that's been impressed upon us um, 
since what um, medieval times and the age of chivalry and then Hollywood took off with the idea of romantic love and too often we see it as an attachment to a few specific personalities usually ones that serve our self-interest <laughs> hopefully rather than seeing it as a kind of a universal all-pervasive uh, force that has no barriers, no limitations. The very nature of the soul is love and the will to good. Right. It, it's one of the most, probably one of the most um, misunderstood words. I mean, as you say, it's so ingrained in our um, <clears throat> in our makeup that uh, we have only this understanding love as, as as being sentiment, as being feeling, as being desire and as being feely and touchy and all of that <laughs> and any extension or a deeper understanding of love is rather difficult to come up with for most people I think uh, because th there is so much close identification of this word with uh, attachment. This attachment and the feeling nature yeah, I think people tend too often to think of love as something that you give to specific people and then they possess it and uh, it belongs to them rather than seeing it as a free-flowing kind of universal force. If you think of it as um, oxygen, oxygen doesn't have its limitations. Mm -hmm. It fills the whole uh, room, the whole world. So does love. The only borders or barricades are in one's own consciousness. And love uh, has a higher extension to it. I mean, the love of the soul has nothing whatsoever to do with the, the feeling, um, <clears throat> desire, nature that, that we understand by the word love. And the love of the soul is so much more. It's totally inclusive. It's uh, detached. It's uh, uh, all-inclusive. It's uh, sharing and love and <coughs> cooperation and all of that and even beyond that love as you mentioned earlier love is the main quality of the entire solar system so how come there's so much lack of love that we see in the world today well we're all trying to figure out why and it has to do with human beings behaving as separated entities rather than as the soul which is one in all human beings. The soul is that principle of universality, of, of a unified consciousness. There are no borders, no walls on the level of the soul. There are only uh, barricades and uh, barriers on the outer level of human personalities where differences take precedent. There are so many qualities of the soul to describe what is essentially an expression of consciousness. The soul, you could say, is consciousness, the consciousness of our essential divinity. And how we become conscious of that and express that awareness is what we call quality. The soul is, is the quality aspect of uh, our being. We could say another quality of the soul, one you already mentioned, is sharing. Mm-hmm. Right, <clears throat> because there, there is no that personal, there's not that personal focus with the soul. Uh, it's not a separate uh, state of consciousness. It is considered being group conscious. Uh, 
And uh, so sharing is very much a quality that comes natural to the soul. And <clears throat> this is a, a good way to to judge the soul working out in the world because when you see this quality of sharing uh, coming very naturally and spontaneously to people, then this, you have to recognize, is the soul quality coming through? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a good way to, to judge and to, to identify the soul at work in the world. And it's very important to see it as such. We shouldn't look just uh, for individual expressions of the signs of the soul um, as we talk on this theme, but we can see it through whole groups and even nations, like you say. I think one of the most generous aspects of sharing is seen in the Scandinavian nations who give far more in uh, foreign aid per capita than the United States, for example, does, and yet we believe we're such a generous nation. And we are, but they far outweigh us in the generosity per, per person, considering their population. They are extraordinarily generous. And so we see the expression of sharing like all soul qualities on the level of the individual, the group, the nation. The thing I like about sharing is that it's an expression, I think, of the age to come. And the reason I say that is that um, the writings of Alice Bailey hearken back to um, something in the, old, in the New Testament, in the book of Revelations, when Jesus... Um, held the Last Supper with his disciples, and he advised them to uh, be be aware, be ready for his return, and that they should look for the man with the water pot as a sign of his return. And that's a, a reference to the age of Aquarius, which is the age we are entering now, the man with the water pot being the symbol of Aquarius. And that water pot, pouring out water, is the symbolic expression of sharing in a universal sense, that the more you give, the more you have to give. That's the law of sharing that I think we'll learn in the new age. Yes, and this is um, one of the laws, the great principle of sharing that uh, it says must govern the economic relations in the future. And uh, I think it's beginning to filter through the idea that we have to share with the the rest of the world or particularly where there is a need and um, more and more nations are are sharing their wealth and uh, they're also exploiting the wealth of other countries too but uh, there is more of a tendency I think to share where there is a dire need and um, so Mm -hmm. that's a good sign Yes, when we look at a catastrophe like the uh, tsunami or the um, Hurricane Katrina, we see incredible generosity and spontaneous people just spontaneously gave and gave abundantly. So that, I think, is a real hope for humanity that uh, when people are made aware of need, and this is where the role of media can play such a big part, they do give and give uh, abundantly. So I think we are entering into that new age. It's a, a sign that we are already beginning to understand the, the, the water pot must pour out its contents for the relief of all. 
that's an expression of the soul because the soul, as I've said, knows no boundaries. It is one soul, the one humanity. And therefore, it's natural and inevitable that there should be sharing of all resources, shouldn't there? If there are no limitations on the soul, then why would you not share? It should be natural. And it's particularly if it is spontaneous. If the giving is spontaneous, you know, or a spontaneous reaction, then that is the soul coming through. Now, if someone gives grudgingly because, uh, you know, his neighbor is giving, and so, well, I have to keep up with the neighbors and keep up appearances. <laughs> so <laughs> I, have to, I have to give, too. Well, that's not quite, not quite the same. The right no. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's that person that just gives so generously, spontaneously, that is a genuine soul reaction. I think the uh, growth in technology that makes us so much more aware of people's lives on the other side of the world is a great help in uh, bringing about more proper sharing. In the past, we didn't know really how people live unless we were able to travel there. But now, with uh, the Internet and uh, television and satellite and so on, I don't think anybody with half a brain could say he didn't know there's need in the world. Uh, the United Nations says that um, half the world's population lives on $2 a day or less. And one in five human beings lives on a dollar a day or less. And the United Nations Department of um, uh, Development, the United Nations Development Program, rather, every year produces a report analyzing um, the state of the world's uh, need by ranking nations and the nations in say the bottom ranks the last ten so many of them are in Africa not all Haiti I believe is one of those and uh, those people live lives of uh, dire need we can't say well they like simplicity it's way beyond that I remember reading in the paper about a man a westerner who had been held captive by some um, uh, revolutionaries in Nigeria in the area where all of the oil uh, is being tapped by shell oil and so on and when he was released he was asked if he had any bitterness toward his captors and I remember it was the quote of the day in the New York Times he said no these people are poor as church mice they had no other choice that kind of need shouldn't be with such abundance in the world so gradually I think we're awakening to it for those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. Our topic for today, Signs of the Soul, Part 2. We have a special offer from Lucis Publishing Company, and that's the Alice Bailey book, Ponder on This. Ponder on This is a compilation of extracts from all 24 books by Alice Bailey. It has, uh, within the book, is, are some very illuminating insights into the nature of the soul. So, Actually, the, the special offer is in the form of uh, free shipping and handling, so that what you need to do is um, send a check or a money order, $19, to Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Once again, Lucis Publishing, Lucis is L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And that's a check or money order, $19. Uh, ask for the book, Ponder on This. Um, 
Uh, I especially ponder on this. It was one of the early books that I read, and uh, I liked it so much because it gave me a a cross-section of so many topics within the um, larger 24 volumes. So what I did is I read that, and then I made a priority of which uh, topics I wanted to approach um, and end in a certain order in the the larger volumes. So... Oh, once again, too, uh, make sure that you write a little note saying about that you heard of the offer on Inner Sight. Uh, if you if you'd like to order books, cassette tapes, um, package of general information, you can certainly do so by giving us, uh, giving us a call at our toll free number one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. Or if there's another reason you'd like to uh, call us, once again one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. The easier way to remember it is one eight six six N Y Lucis. Think of one eight six six New York Lucis. And all of our uh, all of our inner sight programs, by the way, can be heard on our website at www.lucistrust.org. Uh, on the home page, you'll find a link to today's program, which will be available for hearing in a day or two. Last week's program is already available, and many of our past programs can also be heard. Uh, once again, it's www.lucistrust.org. Uh, the theme of each week's program is posted in advance on our website also, so you can see in advance what next Sunday's program will be. By the way, you've been helping us a lot by contributing to Lucis Trust. Uh, that's what keeps us on the air. So uh, uh, please uh, continue to send tax-deductible donations uh, to Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. We certainly appreciate your uh, support. That's what keeps us on the air. Uh, uh, having listened to the show thus far, I've been... Thinking about love as as kind of an energy, and uh, more or less that the energy has to be um, free, or something seems to thwart the uh, the development of of the soul within the individual. That reminds me of a uh, another show that we had that was along the same order, where we were talking about uh, uh, money, and uh, and we we it seems like there's a certain energy involved, and even with money, with that show going way back, it, the idea was that the the freer, the looser, the more giving we are with money. Mm-hmm. The more it continues to flow in us, in us, and that mm-hmm. if we block it and retain it, uh, we kind of like block the energy. And right. am I correct in assuming that both have a commonality in the sense that there's an energy about about love and an energy about how we handle money? Well, all is energy. Yeah. Everything. Okay. Uh, money is the densest expression of um, divinity, we could say, because it comes from the mineral kingdom, and the mineral kingdom is uh, part of uh, divine creation. Money is the production of the mineral kingdom, and it is meant to be shared just like all substance. And you're right, um, something goes wrong when we try to hold for the separated selfish purpose of the isolated self. When we allow energy of any sort, love or money, whatever, to circulate freely, then we're obeying the intention of the soul which is one with all souls. If the soul is one with all, why would it want to limit the expression of its quality? So with that understanding, the universality of the soul, you can understand why sharing must be the intention of the soul. But 
just to in, introduce a kind of a conundrum, loneliness is another quality of the soul. And that's interesting to ponder on because if the soul is one with all, why would there be loneliness? Well, it's a fact that we are personalities living in the world and we are not perfectly realized souls yet. And to the personality, to the individual, there is a sense sometimes of loneliness that develops as one treads the spiritual path. There can be, I think, a sense that the old familiar world and relationships are left being left behind, that one is changing, values are changing, interests, goals are changing, and some of the old familiar companions and habits no longer apply? Yes, it's one of those uh, one of those strange um, things that crop up on the path. You, you, as you say, you as you move on and you move away from the attachment and identification with the physical world and the tangible world, that world which is so familiar to us, and you enter into the world of the soul, which is just the opposite of it. it's a, living in a state of detachment and uh, observing the world but uh, there comes this time when you know kind of midway between um, where there is this kind of sense of loneliness but um, it's 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 part of the law it's it's as it says it, it is the law and it's uh but a temporary separation. But, temporary, uh, I think, is yeah. the key word. But he, he says, um, be not afraid of loneliness. The soul that cannot stand alone has nothing to give. So it, it's um, just part of the path that uh, is, uh, one encounters. It's, it's a temporary condition, and it's also an appearance. It's not a reality. One isn't alone. Uh, on the level of the soul, there is no loneliness, no isolation. But on the level of the personality living in the world, it's a temporary condition. And actually, there's something very spiritually productive about learning to cope with loneliness because it can be the very best condition for developing a sense of the subjective group relationship of the spiritual path. By that I mean if you don't particularly have thriving personal relationships in your life, you can still foster a sense of the companionship on the subtle planes, the the fellowship of souls, as the church, I think, speaks of it, the kinship of the spiritual way that allows people to develop a sense of the brotherhood of the spiritual path even though on an outer level they might feel quite isolated and perhaps misunderstood. So it can have a beautiful element mm-hmm. to it. Yes, it doesn't mean, though, that everybody who feels lonely is necessary at that stage on the path. They may not even be on the path at all, and they're terribly lonely. Well, that's strictly a personal focus. That's a condition that arises where the focus is so much on the individual personal life that uh, uh, a lot of self-pity creeps in. And uh, uh, that is not the same kind of loneliness that we're talking about because that strictly is related only to the personal personality life. 
And really not to the soul. But don't you think that one who is lonely in that very familiar way can possibly take that condition and try to develop a sense of of companionship on a more subjective level sure, if he I, or she wants to? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if they're uh, aware... Uh, if there is an awareness yeah. there, yeah. Yeah, it all has to do with awareness. And um, that you, you realize that it's a great opportunity to look beyond that little self and you realize you're not alone. And because, as you say, you're, you're one with everyone in the world, you're one with all the souls. And that's one of the characteristics of the soul is that sense of oneness. One of the great rules of the spiritual path is the need to stand on one's own two spiritual feet. In other words, not to be dependent or clinging to a teacher or a guru or a guide other than one's own soul. The Buddha said, um, be a lamp unto your own feet. Look not to anyone for guidance. He didn't mean because nobody can help you, but because you are your own best source of help, meaning... There is light within you. The whole point of Buddha's and Christ's teaching was to awaken that light that dwells within every one of us. And loneliness can be a condition in which you you do learn to turn to that inner resource. You just have to, because you may feel that there's nothing in your life that is really available to help you except yourself. And so that very condition of isolation and perhaps unhappiness can be very spiritually productive that's all I'm trying to say you can you can make lemonade out of lemons to use an old bromide I don't know I think I sound like Pollyanna but don't we have to take conditions in our lives and try to transform them into something more productive otherwise we just sit and suffer well of course that's the whole purpose of of the soul in the world it is it's here to uh, to work at the refining of the lower nature and uh, people have to you have to realize that there is stages beyond where we are now that we have to go there's another quality of the soul that might be a surprise to people indifference and somebody might say what to be indifferent is to be cold uncaring not attentive to others No, not that kind of indifference, but spiritual indifference is an attitude based uh, on the attitude of the soul towards the personality, which is called the not-self. We so often think our personality, our face that we present to the world, is who we really are. Not so. That's our not-self. And learning, training oneself to be indifferent to the demands and the wishes and hopes and dreams of this not-self, which is always looking out for self-interest, is a, a great uh, attribute of the soul. Right. It, it's it's one of those rather difficult terms to uh, define and understand again because it is rather strange and it can <laughs> come across as rather cold if, if one, but because it is sort of based on a sense of don't care. Mm-hmm. A, a, a don't care reaction to the form or to the personality reactions. So it's it's something that has to be cultivated as you move along the path because all of that that represents the personality life has to eventually be left behind. And the best way to do that is to develop this sense of 
indifference. It's yeah. a spiritual indifference. Try that next time you're in a bad situation, just developing an attitude of, I don't care, this doesn't really matter, toward whatever your problem is, and see what happens. Please take advantage of the special offer from Lucis Publishing Company, and that's the Alice Bailey book, Ponder on This. Ponder on This is a compilation of extracts from all 24 books by Alice Bailey. It has some very illuminating insights into the nature of the soul. Uh, you might recognize um, some of the thoughts that were set forth today on our show about the soul. What you need to do is um, send a check or money order, $19, to Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Uh, ask for Ponder on this. Send a check or money order, $19, to Lucis, L-U-C-I-S, Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called The Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds, let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts, may the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at Amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z.